Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from my palatial one-bedroom apartment here in Chicago is Melissa Patterson. Oh my gosh, guys. It's so palatial. I've upgraded it from in the past, and now it's, it's starting to look more like an apartment now. We've got a chair. I believe Bill has a home. <laughs> it's true. She's, she's seen my old apartment. This one is <laughs> a very drastic improvement, so I'm very happy to be here. Very happy you could come over here. Of course. As always, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, Melissa, uh, you, you said you'd be going through a time where you're playing more games than normal. So, yeah, I'm uh, playing mad games. I, uh, I um, unfortunately broke my foot, so I have a lot of, <laughs> a lot of indoor time to be had. Um, so yeah, I've been crushing it hard. Well, your foot's loss is your eyes and your brain's game. It is. It's been wonderful. <laughs> so, so what have you been playing? Um, I've been playing a couple games. I just finished um, this one game called uh, Night in the Woods, um, which I don't know if you've uh, seen previews for it or if you've heard about it, but it is visually stunning. And that is the original reason why I kind of downloaded it and bought it. Um, it is just a beautiful game. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost, it's like an animation type type thing, but it is so pretty. I downloaded it for the, the graphics alone. Um, but basically, you play this, uh, this cat named May Borowski. It's something... Polish. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, May Borowski, yeah. I think May so. Borowski. Um, and you're, you're this cat, uh, you're like, I don't know, 20, and you just dropped out of college... And you're coming back to your... <laughs> it's a questionable move. Bill, this is what you've done. <laughs> well, I did it too, so I'm not judging. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you just dropped out of college and you come home um, to your hometown. Here's a weird thing about it that I'm going to say off the bat that I noticed. You are you play a cat and you're friends with like an alligator and a, and a dog and there's birds. But also there are like cats... And birds, I haven't. I didn't see any alligators, but like that are animals, and you're a person. You're like an anthropomorphized. I mean, the pet cat. gator is probably on the edge of town with those ticks <laughs> who no one really talks to. Yeah, but it's it's like the it's totally like the goofy Pluto complex. I had a lot during the game because there's so many like cats and and dogs around, and it's a little freaky. But yeah. Um, it's it's not like a super actiony game. It's more of uh, a, a story game, um, and they delve into kind of a lot of deep topics that I didn't expect. Just from like the, for lack of a better term, like the juvenility of the animation. Um, but yeah, they they dive into like uh, mental illness and uh, homosexuality and. Um, Gosh, just being stuck, in, just feeling stuck in a small town, which was really cool stuff I didn't expect. Um, and they, it's like one of those games like uh, The Walking Dead where you can make choices and it changes the gameplay. Although I would say it doesn't feel like you're really changing too much of the game. Um, most of the like choices are kind of like, do you want to hang out with the alligator or the dog today? Um, they're people I just cannot for the life of me remember. One of them is Bay. <laughs> I don't remember the dog's name. But, um, yeah, um, it's a super fun game. It looks really cool. Um, and I think it's more of an experience than, uh, just, it's more about experiencing the game from moment to moment than, like, the overall story because it gets a little bit crazy towards the end. And I... Uh, I wasn't like a huge fan of where they uh, where they went with like the main story arc, but just like the character arcs, they get like definitely worth playing, and I had a fun time. When I was hearing about the game, I heard it is a horror game, but it sounds like it's less a horror game and more of like an existential horror game. <laughs> oh yeah, total. Oh, there's definitely so many existential elements to it. Um, there's a lot of like. Is God real? There's there's religion also tied in there. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. There you meet God at one point, and he's kind of an asshole, or 
it's kind of an asshole. They're kind of an asshole. They're kind of an asshole, but it's okay. Um, yeah, I I really had a fun time playing it. There's a lot of extras. I I would say at times I got a little impatient with the game because you can only uh, there's only so much you can do, right? You're moving um, and you can walk around and you can jump onto different things and explore different areas, but there's no real like fighting or shooting or anything like that. But I would still say I had a great time playing it. It's not a terribly long game. I don't think I'll play it again, but it was great. How long would you estimate it is? Uh, I didn't play it straight through, but I would say probably like a good... It's probably like a good four-hour game, if okay. not a little bit more, depending on how much you wind up doing, because um, there's like all these different side tasks. At, at one point, there's like a level where you can f- feed rats, and, <laughs> um, and if you feed the rats enough, the town just becomes infested with rats, rats and it's pretty hilarious. That's <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, there's like tons of little things like that you could do, um, but you don't have to. You don't, I don't think you get as much story without it. But yeah, probably around like four hours. It was great. That's great. And I yeah. would actually prefer that a game not outstay its welcome if it says what it has to say. Yeah. And it sounds like there are things that the, the creator... I'm guessing this is... Uh, my general impression <laughs> is this is a smaller production with like a few people involved at most. Yeah, that's what I... I, I assume it, that's what the game felt like. It felt like more of an indie game, so I wasn't expecting it to go even as long as it did, but it was worthwhile. Definitely recommend. I definitely want to check that out myself uh, at some point. I, I'm not sure I have... I, I do have time right now. I'm, I'm just choosing pri- to prioritize other games more, but it still seems really cool to me. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. The soundtrack is, is pretty good. I... Um, I will definitely recommend it because of that. And they also have like a pretty fun little, uh, like a music tracker game. It's not like Guitar Hero. I guess it is kind of like Guitar Hero, but you're just playing it on the controller. Um, it's pretty fun. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fun um, game. So you're playing it on PS4, but I'm. it is available on PC as well. I'm not sure if it's available on Xbox. I think it might just be PS4 and I hate Steam. to yeah, spread Xbox hate, but... That's all, that's okay. Nothing ever. Yeah, nothing, I, why, are we, why are we battling? Xbox just doesn't get as much stuff as the PS4 because the PS4 is the leading platform right now. More people own PS4s and Xboxes, so that's just kind of how it is. A classic. Okay. Well, check it out. Okay. Uh, you have time. Have when you, you get time? When you, when you get time? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, have you been playing anything else? Yeah, um, I haven't finished. I just started this game called uh, Until Dawn, which I think is not new. I, I don't know how new it is, but it, judging by the price I downloaded it for, it was it's not a new game. Um, but essentially, uh, it's kind of like a choice-based game as well, and they're pretty heavy-handed in the beginning. I'll set it up first. So... It's like a horror game. Um, it's set and just a straight horror game, not any kind of existential horror in this one. No, no, it's <laughs> it's straight up murder and bloody death, um, which is which is fine. I like downloaded a lot of horror games, I guess, recently. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's like just quintessential archetype horror. Like it's a group of high school kids in a cabin in a remote area. It's night. And literally, the game is called Until Dawn, and every the start of every chapter is just kind of nine hours until dawn. Um, and it's if you like horror movies, if you like the like the archetype of uh, every we're gonna be assholes and then have sex and then get murdered. I think it's great. It's a great game. There's like elements of choice. Like I said, it's heavy handed with like the what they, they call it the butterfly effect, and they even have like a butterfly menu screen that kind of tells you what choice you made, and then it follows a path of like, oh, this is uh, this is what happened because you made this choice, and because that happened, this happens, and it spirals, oh. um, which is cool. I like it. 
like I said, it's super, I feel like an idiot playing it. They're really driving home a lot of points that I think I got the first time they mentioned it. It's, <laughs> it's kind of frustrating to feel like the game developers think you're a dum-dum that doesn't, hasn't, haven't, uh, is it, I mean, this concept isn't new, right? The concept of, like, one decision you make affects the entire rest of the game. So uh, that's kind of annoying. But that being said, I'm still actively playing it. I, I'm having a good time. Um, the murder is, like, pretty gory for me. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't expect it to be as disgusting as it was. And... Um, <laughs> I keep I keep accidentally dying. I keep killing the characters when I'm not trying to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I have some questions. First off, sure. Do you have lives in this game? Are you just trying trying to keep like as many people as alive as you can? I'm, I'm assuming there's more than one person involved. Yeah. So it starts out with like a preface. Uh, you're like one year before the actual game is set. Um, you don't have lives. Um, I don't think. Um, because I've just been... I think you just have one. Because every character that's been killed has just stayed dead. <laughs> um, but there's like a murderer running around. Um, and if you die, that just character dies. There's like maybe... There's a lot of characters. It's hard to keep track of them right now because there's so many. Which makes me think a lot of them are going to continually die. <laughs> I'm still pretty early in the game. But um, yeah, there's like... Maybe eight people right now I left from I started out and I killed the first two pretty early on I think that they were supposed to die like early on that's kind of the haunting I don't know there's like a there's like a preface and then there's a year later when everyone meets up two two of the characters spoiler two of the characters die but it's like <clears throat> the first ten minutes so it's not that much of a spoiler um so I killed those guys <laughs> or gals who knows um, and then, uh, yeah, now we're wandering around the cabin, making out, finding drugs to do, and getting killed. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Honestly, if you like horror movies, you'll like Until Dawn. It's just really leaning hard into those horror movie tropes, it it's, sounds like. Yeah, it's so cliche, but it's fun. Although, even while I'm hating on it, I'm still thoroughly enjoying the game the controls are actually a little bit wonky though it's kind of i think maybe it's the vantage point of the camera i don't know if you've ever experienced like where the it just seems like the camera angle is in the wrong place for you to use the controls i don't i felt like a couple games where i've had that kind of annoyance but otherwise it's good <laughs> Other than all this stuff I hate, it's not too bad. I hate this game, but I love it. It's like a love-hate, like, binge-watch, guilty-pleasure game. That's cool, too. Yeah. You can get behind that. And the characters are, like... Okay, I've got a lot to say about this game. The characters <laughs> are, like, creepy, realistic. Like, they didn't go for an animated look. They went for, like, the most realistic. But they're also, like, actors that I've seen in other things. It is so, it's just like Polar Express creepy, like, oh, that is an animated guy, but also he's real, oh, it's, it looks, it's disturbing to me. Real Uncanny Valley. Yeah, I, feel, I have like a theory that they didn't like animate everything and like some of the scenes are just like actors where they put like a special filter on them, but I don't know. I don't, I'm going to Google it later <laughs> try and figure it out because they look, nice. they look too creepily real. I mean, all right, yeah, okay. I, I I haven't seen much of the game myself, but it's. Yeah. I mean, if it's gonna try and be a movie, then it would make sense. They would go for as realistic as possible. That makes with sense. the graphics, yeah. The graphics are very, uh, yeah, realistic, and there's a lot of gore, so it's a wild ride. What are you playing, Bill? Uh, oh, well, yeah, uh, thank you for asking. Uh, I'm playing Near Automata. Oh. I've once again I've never heard of the game you're playing though. Oh, you know, it's no big deal. It's just, that's that's kinda like my thing. You know? <laughs> he flicked his hair if you can't see that or, he, or hear it. Hear the he squish. couldn't hear the beautiful swish of his <laughs> golden locks. Uh, this is by this guy, I guess Yoko Taro. He he's made a few other games, but you know, they're 
smaller releases, mm-hmm. some stuff that's only stayed in Japan. And this is mostly a follow-up to an older game for the 360 called Nier. It was just called Nier. And I guess, I don't know too much about Nier or the other games, but this is supposed to be the same, like, philosophically, not, not like a sequel or anything. And at its core, it's an action game. You can run around in a relatively open world, and you just you find bad guys, you cut them up. Okay, wait. All right. Relatively open world, that's kind of vague. What, like, do you mean... I mean that there there is like an, uh, a map you can run around okay. and you can just pick up items you find on the map and you might just run into random enemies on the map. Okay. And it's not like abstract. It's just you running around on the map. It doesn't like uh, like a huge overview and a tiny sprite or anything. Okay. I see what you're saying. But uh, it's not like... It's not like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild where you can go anywhere and do anything. Like there are mm-hmm. lots of spots you'll go to where... Oh, I see like all these openings in this building, but I can't like go into the building. You have to go into like this one spot that has been okay. designated the spot you can go into the building. Interesting. Okay. That's and, fine. Yeah, yeah. That's and, cool. And the the premise of the game is you are an android, or at least so far I am an android named B2. Okay. Cool. And, and it's like the year five thousand. <laughs> and Humanity has been forced to flee the Earth after an alien invasion, and now everyone just lives on the moon. What? And you got it, me hooked. <laughs> and as part of that, uh, humanity has built all these androids to go down onto Earth and fight the aliens and their robot minions to free the Earth and give it back to humanity. Okay. And a lot of it becomes this kind of existential question of, like, what is the purpose of living... Uh, what, why am I here? What am I doing? Because, I mean, it's, you know, there, there, there are parallels between, like, lower, like, lower economically classed people, like, going, being soldiers, going off and fighting to die for a cause that does not matter to them and does not impact them in any way. And, like, these androids here, like, they're not human. They won't see any of the, of the benefits from humanity getting the earth back. That's deep, dude. And, like, on top of that, if they... If they die, like, their data can be transferred to different bodies because they're androids. So they're immortal in a sense. Or is that the feeling you get from it? Not, like, completely immortal because you can still, like, stop them from transferring their data and stuff. But generally speaking, yes, they're immortal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, it's kind of, it's kind of a slow burn on the story, but you can see, like, a little bit where, like, uh, maybe things aren't quite as they seem in this weird world because... Uh, like early on, you, the the first mission is completely insane. It's like your character is sent in to find this Goliath monster that they want you to fight and beat up. So you go through this whole oil derrick. You're looking around. You find all these other monsters. There's a spot where you're flying a plane, and it's like a old school uh, top down sc- scrolling shooter. Okay. And then you get out of the plane. And you're running around on the ground, and you're, it's like Devil May Cry, God of War, where you have a sword, and you're cutting everybody up. Oh, nice. And then it turns into a, a side-scrolling shooter, where people are coming at you from both sides and up above, and you've got a little dude with you who's called a pod, and he can shoot in all directions. And so it's like also seamlessly switching between these three different styles of action. I was going to ask you that. Is it is it easy to to transfer from one kind of like gameplay style to another, or...? I found it pretty easy. Okay. Like they give you a little bit of a training to show you like how each will work, but I found that most of the time, not every time, but most of the time, when you go between them, it it feels really fluid. That's nice. Uh, but in this opening level, though, so like you go through and you get to the end, and you're like, "Well, I couldn't find it," and it turns out the oil derrick you were on is the robot you were looking to go punch. Oh, what? And, and so you <laughs> so you punch the earth. You, you you run off the derrick, you go and you start fighting it, and it's like shooting missiles at you and like throwing giant chainsaws at you. Oh, this sounds awesome. <laughs> and you have to like, you have to run up onto it and punch it from up close. And then your buddy shows up and he's like, I've got a, I've got a fighter neck for you to get into. So you get into the neck and then you rip the 
Goliath's arm off and you beat it with the arm. What? It, Dude, it, this game sounds amazing. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm not, this is like the first 20 minutes of the game, so I don't feel that bad going into this That's fine. Detail. I told you about my murders. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Because it was just so cool when it happened. Does it look cool? Is it like animation-wise? It animation-wise, it looks great. Uh-huh. Uh, like the world, like your character looks great, and she animates really well and stuff. And the animation of like the monsters and stuff looks good. Mm-hmm. The world itself is a little jaggy and like doesn't always look great, but good enough for government work, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's it's passable enough to get you to the next fun, cool thing that's happening. That's awesome. Dude, so wait, so you're standing on the monster when you figure it out, or do you, like, jump off? What? I mean, you, you, you get up on top of it, and your your friend is up there, because he got beat up earlier, and he's like, ah, uh, here, and he, like, he flies in his mech that you get into, and you fly off with the, the, a bigger mech, <laughs> and you fight their mech with your mech. And you rip their arm off and you beat it with the arm. That's so cool. Ugh. I love games like that where, I don't know, it just gets better and better. That sounds like an awesome fun ride. And it's the first level. It's the very That's, first thing yeah. that happens in the game. Like, Does it? Have you played more than that? or? I have. I've okay. played about six hours now. So I mean, it, it throttles back down from there and it starts building back up. But... Right. Well, you can't expect it to stay that level of awesome, but that's great. Yeah, I, I like it a lot, and the story is pretty cool because, yeah, like I was saying, uh, not maybe the it's not everything as, as it seems because you like later on in the game, for example, you start running into robots, and it's like actually just pretty early in the game too. You meet robots, but they don't attack you. They're just kind of just chilling out in the world, and you can attack them if you want, but they're just kind of but you don't there. have to, yeah, because they're oh my gosh, dude, this game sounds like it messes with your head. And I've heard some stuff about what happens later, which I won't go into here because that might actually spoil things, but yeah. I really want to see where this game is going. It sounds pretty awesome. That's cool. What's it, uh, what are you playing it on? I'm playing it on PS4. Okay. It's available on PS4 and Steam. My only knock on it so far is that as part of, like, it came with some free uh, DLC, and, like, you've got this little buddy that follows you around as a pod, and you can give it a skin so it looks like a PlayStation, like a PlayStation 1. Aww. It's like, that's so cool. But then the way the camera is positioned, it's behind your back. And the pod is also facing forward, so it's always behind the pod's back. Aww. But the skin, the part you want to see is on the front of the pod. Damn it. it I mean, with that in mind, I would have to give it like a 1 out of 10 if I, if I was reviewing it. Two thumbs down. Give me my PlayStation skin in view constantly. Exactly. That's hilarious. I like that I gave my game a higher rating than you. <laughs> and I hate almost every aspect of the game. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's... That's I important. Mean, I mean, it's more interesting sometimes to talk about games that aren't good or have like flaws because there's more complicated stuff going on there. Yeah. Like you spent, you spent less time talking about uh, Until Dawn than you did Night of the Woods. And I loved Night of the Woods, which, yeah, that's crazy. That's a good point. Hmm. I guess maybe you find like, like a game that you want, like you think could be a lot better. You just wanna, you just wanna like give those notes to like be like, all right, just a little bit better control, and this would be a 10, 10 out of ten, or like, you know, a lot more better characters. <laughs> work on work on better characters until dawn. <laughs> but maybe that's part of the thing. They they're gonna murder them anyway. They don't want you to like them. I mean, that would be, like, a trope of horror, too, right? Is, like, it's some true. of these characters are like, oh, I really hope they die. Yeah, that's why, like, I feel like they've really hit the nail on the head with... And this is my first horror game, um, aside from, like, existential horror. <laughs> um, because horror games terrify me. I don't want to play... I've ne- I haven't played any of the Silent Hills or... Um, what else is, like... Yeah, I haven't played Mass Effect... Too scary. I don't want to be afraid, but this one felt like campy. This is like a campy horror film. So I think that's why I'm okay with it. It reminds me a little bit of Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if it goes quite as far as Cabin in the Woods did, but it sounds like a little bit meta. Yeah, I haven't, I have yet to see if there's a crazy plot twist, but, um, (laughs) yeah, um, maybe there is. 
Hey, we don't know yet. And maybe you'll have to down, you'll have to play it to find out. How much was it? You said it wasn't very expensive. Oh, gosh, I downloaded it on PS4. I think it was like ten bucks. So okay. it was like nothing. Well, I'm also PlayStation Plus, so that might have been like a discount. I know that we have we've talked about qualms with PlayStation Plus in the past, but it's fine. If you're using okay. it, then yeah, it's okay. It's okay to be a PlayStation Plus user. It totally is. Yeah, I, I just found I couldn't make use of it, so I was like, "What am I paying for here?" Yeah, it's a good. It's really every year I debate that, and then I forget when my membership <laughs> renews, and I just see a bill for whatever sixty or eight. I don't know how much it is now. I think it's like sixty now. Yeah, sixty bucks once a year. I see it, and I'm like, "Oh, I should have canceled that," and then I make a note to remember and I never do. <laughs> <laughs> so. so I guess that's what we've been playing lately. So yes. I've been playing uh, Near Automata. I've been informed that it's not Near Automata even though that's what it looks like. Near Automata. And I, I'm playing that on PS4. You're playing A Night um, in the Woods. So. And Until Dawn on PS4 as well. Right. PS4, great platform. Yes, best platform. Number one. I... <laughs> We talked about this earlier. <laughs> oh no, yeah, we, we were, I was going to say offline, but we were online. Yes. And so with that out of the way, uh, let's talk about our Choose Your Fighter segment. Uh, in this segment, we'll send out the one-on-one with one article news event to upcoming game that we're looking forward to until one of us is left standing. For this, I'm going to go first since I won the pre-show coin toss. What a joke. Yes. How do you know? I'm going to talk a little bit about Persona 5. And I'm so curious. This guy, uh, Bill has a Persona 5. This looks like a limited edition copy. I've never seen such a pristine case. Literally sitting right next to the microphone. We've been staring at it all night. I'm really, really (laughs) antsy to start playing. And I am like a little afraid because it's like a, you know, an 80 hour game. Oh my god, 80 hours? I, yeah, I mean... I've actually... Okay, I'm not familiar with the Persona um, uh, franchise. I'm assuming this is the fifth in a series. <laughs> unless, it's, <laughs> unless, it's, unless it's just Persona 5 is the name of these. It kind of is. Well, it's close enough to being the fifth. Okay, so it's it's a series, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh so I'll, I'll talk. I, there was a news thing I want to talk about, but we'll talk a little bit about Persona Five. I just won't take up too much of your time with that. Just uh, for my <laughs> sake, you can edit out all this yeah, boring, boring filler if you want. So the general theme through all the Persona Five or all the Persona games is you and a bunch of other high school students find like out there are these occult horrors going around. Usually there's like a mystery or something going on and your characters can make a pact with the power inside them, the, the, the persona. Oh. And the persona manifests as this like giant badass monster that can do like magic attacks and punch things really hard and <laughs> stuff like that. That's cool. And usually the game plays out as part of a school year. You're, you know, you're a student, so that at the start of the game, you're beginning a school year, and then the game ends at the end of that school year. You're just trying to relive your high school days? Is this what... Uh, <laughs> no, I would rather not. <laughs> this is a little different. You didn't do well, Bill? Nah. <laughs> well, in this game, you can, like, you know, be friends with everyone, and be the star <laughs> of the sports team, and ace all the exams... With the world, <laughs> that's not exactly why I'm playing these games. It's just, I you know, I I, I find with games like this, or just games in general, like if you want to have discussions about like people and their interpersonal relationships, then it's all the anime games or all the novel games that get into like really deep character motivations and stuff. Mm-hmm. If you get into the big AAA games or the quote-unquote mature games like Grand Theft Auto and Uncharted and Call of Duty, they don't really uh, spend much time navel-gazing or talking about like the people and why they're doing what they're doing. That's true. 
or most of the time, if they do, it's kind of ham-fisted, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you, where there's just, like, very clear, this is what I'm doing. Right, right. For my daughter is dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get... Spoiler. <laughs> Somehow. Of some game. Not a Persona 5, I don't think. But you never know. You might have a daughter. Like, you're 15 and you have a daughter. It's it's biologically possible. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but anyway, yeah, anyway, you had a news story about Persona 5. <laughs> uh, so in, in Persona 5, you're a new student at the school. And I don't know much beyond that. But oh, yeah, he hasn't played yet. Apparently, <laughs> you and your friends are a bunch of thieves or something. It looks, it looks awesome. I, I'm just looking at the cover art on the, on the, um, uh, the box, and I really am interested in this game. So, know that. The visual style on these games is awesome. Like all these sharp lines and bright colors and really jazzy soundtracks. So It's insane how like far... I hate to go on a tangent, but it's insane how far the graphics and, and, and things have gone. Um, because this kind of... Should I go into my new story? Or are you still going? I'm still going. Keep going, then. Okay. Uh, but just... Well, then we'll, I'll roll on to the thing I was going to talk about is that... Oh, good. So with this, people want to stream this game because <laughs> it's new and it's cool. It's like got great ratings. It's got a 94 on Metacritic. Oh, snap. <laughs> but... The company that makes the game is Atlas, and Atlas has this history of really going after people who want to stream. They will send like takedown notices on YouTube and stuff like that, and usually that's been reserved just to the Japanese branch of the company. Like I've seen instances or read instances where people will get a takedown notice from Atlas of Japan, they'll talk to Atlas of USA, and it'll go away or they'll be able to fix it. This time is different. So just today, Atlas put out this big message to the community on the uh, on their website. And it, it talks, I'll just read directly from the message. Simply put, we don't want the experience to be spoiled for people who haven't played the game. Our fans have waited years for the game to come out and we really want to make sure they can experience it fully as a totally new adventure. Please read our video slash streaming guidelines below. And they go into these really anal rules about like how you are supposed to stream and record this game. Like you cannot stream past a certain date in game because the game takes place in a school year. There are actually like calendar dates happening, so it's like don't go past this date in the game. That that's I feel like it, when I play a game, um, especially one that I don't know has any kind of difficulty. I love to, like, go online and check out any kind of stream I can. If there's, like, a walkthrough of some like something I'm looking for or a level, it's just kind of nice to see someone else beat a boss in a way. Or any, you know, like, video games. Like, I, I don't know. This is, this is infuriating to me because I feel like that's part of the community. It's just, like, streaming a game and watching someone play a level. Even if it's not you, I don't... I don't watch ahead for spoilers of a game. I, and if you do, I feel like that's on you as a person for looking up that content. I, I don't know the logic behind, oh man, don't stream our game. <laughs> I feel like that's only good publicity. Like I'll watch people do gameplay of a level just to see if I want to buy that game. I, I mean, I completely agree. I think it's a really high-bound and out-of-touch way of looking at how games are experienced and shared in 2017, where it's a community experience, and we're all sharing in it as we watch each other play. Yeah, that's... I'm just... It's so insane to me that... uh, Gosh, I'm thinking of, like, all the amazing GIFs of Rocket League saves I've seen, and to not have a game be allowed to just kind of like stream or make I don't know a, a gif out of a cool move you do in Persona 5 what like what what is the logic behind hiding that I mean they think that they're going to lose money I mean that's what they think is going to happen because people will not want to play the game if they know the story beats but 
I'm not sure that's really the case. I just don't think that people think like that. And one of the things I noticed is uh, there is this website, Giant Bomb. They're a video game website. And they're, in quotes, famous for doing a Persona 4 endurance run where they put out like an entire let's play of the entire like 60 hour game, 134 whatever videos. And people loved it. It's like they, people will go back and watch it and watch it multiple times. They'll always be sending in emails to the Giant Bomb staff saying like, will you do another endurance run for another game because of how much they like that. And they were, they played pretty coy when they were talking about Persona 5 and whether or not they would do an endurance run. And then finally, just like a couple of days ago, one of the guys was like, we can't do this because like the way yeah. that they have framed the let's play discussion, we would get, I mean, we might just do it and get away with it, but we might get in trouble too for doing it that way, which it seems dumb. It seems really dumb. And yeah, I, I want to point out one ex- especially okay. line in here uh, where he says, however, if you do plan on streaming, video guidelines above apply except length. If you decide to stream past 7-7, so I'm sorry, before we were talking July about... July 7? <laughs> July 7th in game. Okay. But they're talking now about streaming versus doing a Let's Play video, where Let's Play is like archived, recorded on YouTube, a stream is live, it might not be archived at all. Mm-hmm. But even in this case, they, they wrote in capitals and in bold letters on their website, I highly recommend not doing this. You have been warned. And it's like, oh my god, F you, for like, yeah, I, I, honestly, that's that's infuriating. Just, I, I feel like the gaming community is like, we have a hard enough time being social as it is. <laughs> like, don't take streaming away from us. That is like how we interact with other humans. It's true. <laughs> it's it kind of is, and uh, yeah, it, it's just really <laughs> aggravating to see them act this way and be so like punitive and so rude to the people who want to like like their game and evangelize for it. Yeah, especially it sounds like it's a stellar game, but something something like this, like uh, don't share it makes me feel like I don't want to play it, which is counterintuitive, I assume, mm-hmm. to what they want. Unless they just want like one guy. To, they want Bill to play it secretly in his house. <laughs> well, I will secretly play it in my house. I'm definitely still going to play it. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to play this game. Because that's not true. That would be a total lie. I'm, Maybe I'm they just, just know we don't have a lot of self-control. <laughs> Maybe. like <laughs> As gamers, we will look past your asinine streaming rules. And there is a discussion to be had about like when you are streaming a game, is that like performance... Are you making your own original content or are you appropriating someone else's content? It's, it's, I would say it's relatively similar to like being a cover band where it's like you are doing your own thing, but also you're using someone else's intellectual property as the engine behind that thing. I agree with you there. I hadn't thought about it, but that's a good point. <laughs> but this seems like just like the totally tone deaf way to go about doing it. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to hear a sound argument as to why that's a good rule. Maybe, I I can't think of a single reason. Now, uh, speaking of which, uh, I don't know if sound arguments necessarily segues into what you were going to talk about. It doesn't at all, but we'll (laughs) we'll pretend like it does. Um, So, um, the article I brought is nowhere nearly as controversial, um, but it is... um, Still cool, nonetheless. Um, I don't know if you are a child of 1990. I was. I was alive in the year of 1985. But so Disney uh, is is releasing. uh, I don't know. They have their afternoon collection of uh, of cartoon based video games, and they've just released. A bunch of them, including like the DuckTales, Rescue Rangers. Um, oh, that's awesome. Tailspin, yeah. Um, just a lot of old classic games from our old, uh, our old favorite cartoons. Um, I don't know if you have a favorite from when you were a kid, but I know I certainly did. Um, and it was Aladdin, it was Disney's Aladdin on oh, Super man, Nintendo. Yeah. 
Um, I played that like well into college. I remember my uh, my college roommate and I would have competitions to see who could beat Aladdin the entire game the fastest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was just I don't know, just the retro old timey cartoon games. Are just such a blast. Wait, do you have a favorite before I? No, keep no, that's talking? fine. Keep talking. I mean, I <laughs> with the with the Aladdin games. I think the Disney's one for the Genesis always gets like the good praise because that one has like all the the very uh, smooth animation and it's got like more comedic bits to it. But I always thought that like the Super Nintendo Aladdin was the better game. Oh man, play. such a good one. And I, yeah, I played that through all the way with my cousin uh, way way back at like his house. Yeah. Mostly just watching him play, but you know. Yeah, I, I, just, I think like I, there was something about the 90s in, in video games they made <laughs> then maybe because they were cartoons and I was a kid and I was actively loving them that, that I liked. But I also um, remember playing the uh, the Lion King game. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you remember how in... These oh, are all... I was a Super Nintendo kid, so all of these games are coming through the filter of Super, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, but that game was impossible, as I recall. And I've played it recently as an adult, and it's still <laughs> impossible, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> I still remember the level was called I Just Can't Wait to Be King. And Great song! But that level's <laughs> got the these animals all do like an animal pyramid, and you have to like get tossed around the pyramid and to the other side, but it's so infuriating, like, it doesn't make any sense, and you get lost so easily. Yeah, um, there's so many... I don't know if Disney did enough proper testing for childhood ages, but even... uh, Does that that game even have, like, a difficulty setting? I can't even remember. Man, I don't know. If it did, I couldn't even beat the easy level, because I know I would be on it. But I mean, I think it's cool. Yeah, these all these older retro games based on like licensed properties, like especially the good ones, because there were a lot of bad ones. But these ones were there good. were a lot of bad ones. Um, like, yeah, it's just a great time to kind of. Uh, I don't. Know, there's something about Nintendo games that is nostalgic for me. I'm sure like people that grew up later or earlier feel the same way about whatever system they came up with. But I feel like Nintendo was kind of. Uh, the system I grew up with as a, as a child. And I, uh, I just have so much like appreciation for like the retro, um, Nintendo games. They make me feel, uh, like a, like a skilled 12 year old again. <laughs> like I've like, there's something to do after school. Like I, the, the weirdest one I ever played probably was a uh, cool spot for the Genesis. Okay. Explain what that is. <laughs> So way back in were the you time, a, okay? Wait, you were a Sega Genesis kid. I was a Sega Genesis kid. Okay. Yeah. So this is why we don't understand each other on a fundamental level. It, it's true. <laughs> Men are from Sega and women are from Nintendo, <laughs> or, or so, so I've read in the book. So cool spot. Cool spot is based on the Seven Up mascot, which was this little red spot. Because in the Seven Up logo, it was like there was like a red spot in the background there or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And, and so he's the anthropomorphized version of that spot. He's got sunglasses and he's cool. Does he have hands? He has hands and feet. Oh. <laughs> hands and, and feet? Yeah. He's a spot with sunglasses, hands, and feet. Yes. Okay. And a mouth. He can breathe and scream. He, he never screams Wait, to my knowledge. What, what, okay, what cool spot. What do you do in this game? It's it's a platformer. Uh, I don't <laughs> remember a ton about it. I just, like It was actually, I thought, pretty solid. Like, it was a good game? Yeah, you, you run around, you collect uh, bottle caps. Yeah, sure. There's like a level where you're on the beach, and you can like get shot around the level with different like projectiles and stuff. I, I, I remember playing that game. It was really easy. I beat it like in one rental, which was cool for me at the time. Rental? You yeah. rented games? You didn't rent games? Uh, no, I was, uh, it was too cool. You I were, bought them. That, wow, that is too cool. I had, the, I had the whole $20. Bo- dollars. In my dad's in my dad's pocket. Yeah. No, I, uh, I mean, the the situation would always be my the Genesis was at not at my house. It was at my grandma's house. Ah. Oh. And so if I was doing like a sleepover there, I would get to rent a game from Blockbuster and play it 
like in, for the, in the night and then again in the morning. That is so cool. I do remember like the the amazing rent like game rentals. I rented a few games. Ugh. They don't. Does Redbox do that now? Redbox Can does that. Yeah, like they'll. But their selection is pretty thin, and yeah. usually just like the most recent, most popular games. That's a bummer. You can't rent games anymore. Like games are too long now to really. You can still do GameFly. GameFly. Yeah, GameFly. It's, it's like <laughs> I wish. sponsor. Sponsor. I, I would like a sponsor <laughs> if any sponsors are listening. But <coughs> GameFly. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's just Netflix, but for games. And there was a there were some times where I was really into games, and one of them was one summer in like the '90s. I had a Blockbuster like membership where you could get a discount on renting. So I rented like every PlayStation One game that had come out that year. Oh, PlayStation One. And then another time was back. Now, like almost ten years ago, we're talking about Blockbuster right now. So obviously, it's a while ago. Well, this was when I had GameFly, and for that, like, I mean, I would just like play every Xbox 360 game that came out that looked remotely interesting, and just like, like play it for a couple hours. If I liked it, I'd finish it. If I didn't, I would send it back. And like, I had like it set up so I could have three games out at once. So there was always like a, a pipeline of one game available. Oh my gosh. It could take a while. Like it could be three or four days for it to arrive and then three or four days for them to send it back and then I'd have it triggered in their system that they got it back. Something oh my like gosh. That. Bill. Yeah. You're an addict. I maybe flies is, is a dealer. Maybe it is. I yeah, I haven't used it, but it sounds like it would be good. It is good. I, I, I would recommend it. It you need to have like you need to have the, the spirit of I don't really care what I get if it's from a list of like ten games I kind of want. If you're just like, I want to buy a game and I want to play this game, then Gamefly is probably not a good service for yeah. you. Yeah. Hmm. I'll check it out. Is there another licensed game you play that's like cool spot or just like weird or off the wall? Oh, with man. Like a, a cool licensed game. It doesn't have to be cool. There are plenty. I don't, like, there's something, there's like a game that's sticking in my head right, two games that I like absolutely hated because I thought they were impossibly hard. One was... There was a PlayStation 1, maybe PlayStation 1, maybe PlayStation 2. The Grinch, the Grinch was so, <laughs> like the live, when they came out with the live uh, version of it, they released a game and there was a level in it. You Like you collected blueprints to build Grinch gadgets to do whatever the heck you were doing in the Grinch world. And I remember there was one stupid level that I could never beat to get like this blueprint there was just like a cliff I could what? not jump what? to yeah I'm sorry so what made you want to rent or buy the Grinch honestly I think like I grew up I'm um I'm not the only child I grew up with sisters and I know for a fact that I would never buy the Grinch game my younger sister bought the Grinch game and didn't like it so I I ran out of games to play, obviously, <laughs> playing the Grinch game. And she also got a toy, toy Story game. I think it was Toy Story 2. And that one was definitely a PlayStation 1 game. Um, and that game was just... It was fun, but it was way too hard. Like, Disney, chill out and make your games like <laughs> ten times easier than they are. It's never, it's never fun to play a game you can't beat. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, that was kind of the problem with some of those licensed games is that they were bad because no one bothered to test them because you needed to get them out in like four months so they would still be relevant when the movie is available and stuff like that. Yeah, and they're just impossible. They're impossible to beat. Now, one game that was impossible to beat but was awesome and was licensed and I'm Let's hear almost, I'm very confident you've played as Goldeneye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, gold. I mean, that has to be the best licensed game of all time. Oh, for sure. And I don't. I'm not even an N64 person. I've just played it at friends' houses. Like that. I mean, the multiplayer in that was so cool. The single player in that was so cool. Like, there are so few games. Like it would. I mean, GoldenEye has like the easy, medium, hard. Like most games, but unlike in other games where it's like you know when it's hard, I just make the enemies deal more damage and you have less health. <laughs> yeah. In GoldenEye, they made it like a different level. They would give you different mission objectives or more mission objectives. I've only ever played multiplayer mode. I've never played single-player mode on that one. But, um, yeah. 
I, I would probably not play it now. It's probably really old and janky and stuff. <laughs> I'm sure out. it's still good. There's still like plenty of like well, maybe <laughs> not in comparison to Persona Five, but um, yeah, that game that game is crazy fun. Even when you're right now as an adult, that's played way better on way better systems. Did you ban odd job? Uh, no odd jobs. Uh, there's slappers only. What like no golden guns? Yeah, no golden guns. <laughs> uh, you could do like I always like the power weapons that had like the RCP ninety oh, and yeah. like the really heavy assault guns. That was fun. That you know what? When you're talking about licensed games, I think GoldenEye is probably the best licensed game that's been ever, that's ever been made. Well, unless you consider Aladdin on Super Nintendo. <laughs> it's, it's really neck and neck between the two. Well, you know what? Try it yourself. Yeah. Figure it out. You can uh, play... I mean, those games, you're going to basically only ever be able to find them on the N64 or the SNES. I don't think anyone's ever going to remake those games. Thank God. That, that... I, don't, I don't like remakes so much. Sometimes I kind of like dig the nostalgia of like a remake... But if you play them, it's just never what you remember. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of true, unfortunately. It is sad, but whatever. I mean, that's kind of why I was into the Disney Afternoon Collection, though, is because, like, those, yeah. those games were never going to get remade, I thought, because usually it ta- it's expensive to, like, buy a license for those games. Right. And when you're dealing with a company like Disney, that's so huge, like, the idea of making, like, a small profit off a 25-year-old game at moderate risk is like, forget it. We'll just make another Star Wars and make a billion dollars. Why would we care about this thing? It's fair. So, like, just even all, almost from, like, an archival point of view, it's cool that it exists, I think. Yeah, I agree. I'm, uh, I, I'll definitely play a few, so I'm excited. Cool. Great. <laughs> oh, we're doing great. We got a lot. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah we were talking for a long time today. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad, too. It's because Bill's apartment is so much... There's a lot more room for... There's a lot more room for thought. Yeah. Oh, that was good. That was really good. Thank you. Uh, I guess that brings another episode, then, of So Many Bits to a Close. We'll leave on a high note. <laughs> Melissa, uh, if you want people to find you, either electronically or in person... Okay. Where can um, they find you? Yeah. So if you're looking for me electronically, check me out on Twitter at hamster underscore mom. Um, in person, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to walk around the city of Chicago. I'll give you River North. Check it out. And as for myself, I can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at So Many Bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or listen to us on SoundCloud, on Spreaker, or on YouTube. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts. Support. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> support independent art. The spirit of Del compels you. That's right. <laughs> Preach it. The spirit of Del compels you. All right. <laughs> <laughs>